morning, everyone. It is good to see you and to worship with you this morning at WPC. Uh, I want to share a couple of uh, additional announcements. wanted to spare Sandra for more since she had so many to share uh, at the beginning of the service. Uh, as she said, we have the, the wonderful interfaith vigil uh, this afternoon, a great time to come together with, with our community, uh, folks of uh, different faith traditions, and uh, come together for a time of prayer. We have a couple other things. At, at 11 a.m. this morning, uh, this church is participating in what's called the Bells of Peace, uh, along with many other congregations in our community and throughout the country. Uh, as, as you know, today is uh, Veterans Day. Uh, originally, it was known as Armistice Day, which marked the end of World War I, which happened 100 years ago today. Historians said that uh, on that day, instead of um, bombs and, and uh, um, uh, gunfire, what people heard was bells ringing in the streets, marking uh, world peace for the first time in years. And so uh, ringing the bells of peace today at, at 11 a.m. exactly will We'll celebrate that and, and, uh, and recommit ourselves for that hope of world peace. Uh, another thing, as, as Thanksgiving is coming up, uh, we also felt it would be a good time to get together with other congregations and worship. Uh, and so we'll be gathering with a few other uh, congregations on November 20th. Uh, that's not this week, but next. Um, at, I believe next Tuesday at 7 p.m. We'll be gathering at Warrington Methodist Church. Uh, for a time of, of worship and, and uh, sharing in our, our um, thanksgiving of God and, and uh, all that God gives us and one another. But today, though, we continue our stewardship series, Gifts of Love, where we explore our call to give as an act of loving God and one another. As I said last week, stewardship serves a greater purpose than trying to fund the budget of the church. It's about discipleship. It's about God's call on each of us to give and live lives of generosity. Think about it this way. If you do a word search in the Bible, the word believe appears 273 times. The word pray, 371. The word love, 714. But give, give appears 2,172 times. Our call to give is ongoing. It's, it's continuous. It happens throughout the Bible, and the call is on us for our lives. And our readings this morning are case in point. Our gospel reading today picks up right where we left off last week, with Jesus teaching that the greatest commandments are to love God with everything we have, every ounce of our being, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. The scene now turns to the temple, uh, where Jesus is teaching. Throughout the gospel, Jesus has used parables, intentional stories to teach his followers about the kingdom of God. But here, right in front of them, as he's teaching, a real-life parable plays out with a poor widow and her gift of two small coins. And the great teacher capitalizes on this teachable moment. I invite you to listen now with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the 12th chapter of Mark's Gospel, beginning with the 38th verse. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and be, to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearances say long prayers. 
they will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people came and put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In college, Marie and I worked at the summer camp at Massanetta Springs in Harrisonburg. The camps would go from Sunday afternoon through Friday afternoon, giving us the weekends off. We would often go to worship together as a staff on Sunday mornings at the nearby Massanutten Presbyterian Church. Our camp director made sure we honored an age-old tradition at the camp. See, uh, all of us on staff were broke college students making a hilariously small amount of money for a full-time work, but hey, we loved it. So anyways, long ago, a camp director made sure that each camp counselor had something to put in the offering plate each Sunday in worship. So she handed out two coins to each staff member. When it came time for the offering, when those uh, brass plates uh, were passed, they had brass plates at that church, the entire sanctuary knew when the camp staff was there because you could hear the repetitive and borderline obnoxious sounds of clink, 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 clink. Though it was a little silly, it still holds a special memory in my understanding of giving and generosity. Reminding us that everyone, even broke camp counselors with student debt, can respond to God's call to give out of love. The foundational story for this kind of giving, of course, is our gospel lesson we read together. It's a story of a poor, unnamed widow placing two small copper coins into the temple offering. Widows in these times were often poor. Because in a patriarchal society where everything had to do with who your father or husband is, A widow was left without property or status. And she's also unnamed. But fellow pastor Magri de Vega reminded me this week how so many unnamed characters in the gospel really have an impact and drive the story. Think of the unnamed visitors from the East who come to offer gifts to the newborn Jesus. Or a young boy offers his brown bag lunch to Jesus who then used it to feed a crowd of 5,000. Or even the, wood, the woman who poured a jar of expensive oil on Jesus' feet. All these folks were unnamed. But in addition to being unnamed, all these characters also show true generosity. These characters are living in a mindset of abundance rather than scarcity. A mindset inspired by the coming of God's own Son. So the scene begins with Jesus teaching in the temple, warning people about the shortcoming of the scribes. They are the ones who are flashy and showy. They wear ornate robes. They take the places of honor. They exploit those in need like widows. The attention then turns to the treasury of the temple. Think of our our offering today, basically. It happened out in the open. Everyone could see, and likely knowing you know, people, uh, everyone was watching. They were watching just who was coming up and, and maybe watching what they were giving. 
Mark tells us lots of wealthy folks came forward, making large gifts in this equally to the scribes, showy fashion. But then what happens? Someone shows up, a widow, a heroic unnamed widow. She comes not with a large gift monetarily, but with two small copper coins, together worth about a penny. Scholars note that this would be about one sixty-fourth of a typical daily wage. Like the camp counselors, you can imagine her dropping those coins into the treasury, making those two loud clinking noises. Her gift may have made some noise, but, you know, I doubt it turned many heads in the temple court. It was a small gift from an unnamed, unknown widow. Of course, there was one exception. Jesus noticed. He saw and made sure his disciples saw this witness of generosity. He challenges them, saying that she has actually contributed more than all the others, because they gave out of their excess. They gave out of what they could live without. They could still do everything they wanted. It wouldn't really make a difference. Whereas she gave out of her poverty, out of her own livelihood, what she actually needed to live on. Jesus says she gave more than the others. Not because the amount was more, that's pretty clear, but rather the amount she gave meant so much more to her than the others. The widow's gift was greater because it made a difference to her. She felt it as opposed to the gifts of the other. See, the wealthy, they were giving, the the folks before her, their giving was transactional. It was like paying any other bill. For this widow, though, Her giving was transformational. It changed her. She felt it. It made a difference. In my last congregation, there was a beloved elder who told me a moment of transformation in his life as a giver. He and his wife have been longtime givers of the congregation. They made a pledge every year and uh, and made a pledge that he believed at the time to be generous. Then one year, he turned in his pledge card, and when he received a confirmation of the pledge... He noticed that he had added an extra zero to his annual pledge. Can you think of that? His first thought was to call the church office and let them know that he had made a mistake and and to correct it to make it all right. But then after thinking about it a little bit, he decided that it was a personal challenge and that he wanted to fulfill his commitment, even if it wasn't what he initially intended to do. He told me this experience taught him what generosity looks like. He shared that fulfilling this ambitious pledge made him grow spiritually, causing him to live more and more out of gratitude for God's love for us in Christ. He no longer gave out of his excess, out of what he could live without, but he challenged himself to give out of his livelihood. Like the widow, he is not living in a mindset of scarcity, but one of abundance. Like the widow, he wasn't giving as a transaction. Giving was transformational. Jesus continues to lift up the widow as a role model because she has given everything she has to God. In essence, if you remember our reading and our our, uh, teaching last week, in essence, she has become the living, walking example of the greatest commandment Jesus just shared. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love God with everything you have. Her sacrificial gift becomes a representation of her total commitment to God. 
that she has given everything to God. Jesus calls her gift the greatest because really the gift is her. All of herself she has just given to God out of love. Her gift becomes the embodiment of her total love and commitment to God, which is the heart of giving. We may not be able to give everything we have to God, but our heroic unnamed widow becomes the ideal for us to grow more and more in our discipleship as givers of ourselves to God out of love. This, this kind of giving, this kind of living becomes an opportunity for us to grow in our ability to live into God's own abundance. To live more and more out of gratitude for God's love. To hope to see the work of God's kingdom continue and grow in our community and throughout the world. Since our stewardship theme is this is my story, I, I figured it would be a disservice not to tell some of my own story when it comes to giving. And uh, yes, I did ask Marie's permission. So when Marie and I were engaged and preparing for our wedding, we did what many do now. And, and uh, we did premarital counseling with the pastor marrying us. He wanted to talk about finances. And as a way of introducing the topic, he asked us what we would do if we were given $10,000 out of the blue. A lot of money, sure, but we were both grad students. We literally had a negative income. Thinking this was a challenge to see how responsible we were with money, we mapped out how we would save some, pay off some student debt, and you know, build a little emergency fund that maybe use a little bit at the end for a honeymoon. The pastor was truly pastoral in his response and in this moment. He said, you know, that, that sounds like a good and responsible plan, Jim and Marie, but I noticed you didn't mention anything about giving. This moment I felt about two feet tall. After all, I was actually a seminary student at this moment, and I forgot to talk about giving. The pastor went on without judgment to coach us on the importance of giving in discipleship, but also in marriage. What I always loved was how he said that giving, particularly uh, Christian giving, is a constant reminder to us in our discipleship journey. It's a reminder that money doesn't rule our lives, and it's not our identity. We are first and foremost children of God. He challenged us to become tithers, to grow into uh, giving a tithe. That's the Old Testament principle of giving 10% of our resources for the work of the church. And that's more or less remained a, a goal of Christian stewardship. A couple years later, after graduating school and, you know, actually having a positive income, it took us a couple of years and uh, a little bit of reorienting along the way, but eventually we got there and stayed there. And our pastor was 100% right. Every time we write our monthly tithe to this church, we're reminded not only of the wonderful mission and ministry of our congregation and the work of the greater church, we're also reminded that money doesn't control our lives. It allows us to live more and more out of gratitude and to live out of this mindset of abundance rather than the mindsets of scarcity and fear that are so prevalent in our world today. I share our giving story not because we're perfect in this regard, far from it. We still have room to grow in this area of discipleship, and we truly want to. 
Rather, I share it because it's been an important thing to Marie and I in our own spiritual journeys and in our own marriage, helping us grow closer to God and one another. Jesus, through this heroic, unnamed widow, teaches us that the greatest gift is one that changes and reframes your life to live more and more out of gratitude and generosity. It's a gift that we feel, made not because we no longer need it, but rather because it reorients us to what is our guiding force in lives. This kind of giving is not transactional. It's transformational. In a world set on a mindset of scarcity, this kind of giving, this kind of living, really sets us free. It sets us free to join the unnamed widow in a mindset of abundance, of God's abundance, and to respond with generosity and love. Wherever we may each be on this journey of giving and discipleship, whether we've never made a pledge before or we've more than tithed for decades, may we each seek ways to grow in giving more and more of ourselves to God, always out of gratitude, always out of love for the grace of our God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.